Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which might be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. Each broadcast, I talk with mentors who may provide the roadmap for your journey. These coaches have paved the pathway for many players and coaches. Most have authored books and papers on tennis and on life, and they continue to give back today. Who are these mentors you might hear on our Thursday's broadcast? Well, the almighty will in each month, either Alan Fox or Coach Jacques Greasy will be one of them. Uh, today, we are blessed to have Alan Fox joining us. And on those other Thursdays, it might be Coach Scott Williams, Dr. Bryce Young, Coach Ashley Hobson, or Energy Coach Linda DeClear, or any of those others who have blessed us over the last five years. I have been blessed to have other coaches like Ed Kraft, Nick Saviano, Johnny Angel, Scott Engie, and many other college coaches and high school coaches. You have also heard discussions with many others like FACA Executive Director Sean Cruz, Florida Tennis Founder and uh, Editor Jim Marks, PTR and USPTA Executive Directors Dan Santorum and John Emery, and the dozens of other college coaches, USTA officials, or other industry leaders who have been, we've been blessed to hear their discussions over the last almost five years now. And because I do believe Dr. King's statement, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, I will add my personal views on tennis and life, and naturally you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is that you can listen anytime you choose to Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings or any of the other Yellow Ball Network broadcasts like Wednesday's Chuck Reese's American Tennis, anytime you choose. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you are missing out on some useful information. Besides our weekly conversation, the Almighty Willing, you will be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I have previously stated, if you disagree with my views or want to add something, email me at coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. That's coachdenise, D-A-N-I-S-E, dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. Who knows? You may hear your views on future Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings or even read them in Florida Tennis Magazine. I might also remind you that if someone has taken the last issue of Florida Tennis from your pro shop and you are not a subscriber, you can also find stories in between issues on Florida Tennis on Facebook. 
Jim Marks, the other writers, and myself try to keep current on what's going on on Facebook. That's at F-L-T-E-N-N-I-S. Well, today I think we have a special broadcast. I will uh, just let you know that rather than hearing doing my commentary now like I usually do, I'm not going to do my commentary because uh, I'm going to use, with his permission, of course, uh, Dr. Alan Fox's uh, article he's written on aging and learning uh, to play left-handed. And I think it's important. So what I'm going to do, we're going to discuss it, and uh, those of you uh, that have not uh, read uh, Alan's uh, books, uh, especially uh, Tennis Winning uh, the Mental Match, Um, I think you will appreciate this here and understand uh, why I'm going to post that later on for those of you that want a refresher as the commentaries rather than use one of my own. It's not that I'm lazy. It's not that I've been too busy this week. But I just think uh, it's a well-written uh, piece, and uh, I think, uh, quite frankly, it's better than my commentary. So uh, one of the things we all have to do is uh, look to when something is better, try to fit it into what we're doing. Alan, are you there? I'm here, John. Well, thanks I'm, for... I'm listening to you. Good. Thanks for uh, being on again this week. I was just telling the audience that uh, uh, I'm going to be posting uh, your uh, piece in Florida Tennis Magazine and We Choke Coach Tennis and the other places that I post my commentary in place of uh, mine. I explain how this was our uh, broadcast and uh, those are the people that don't uh, hear us, and I wish that uh, everybody could hear us, but sometimes people don't. They look for the shortcuts and hearing the commentaries and reading the commentaries. So I think they're going to read um, what you uh, put out there because I think it's an important uh, discussion. Uh, we all aging uh, is something that happens to all of us. Uh, I admit I uh, I don't think I lie. I just stretch. I I, I tell people I'm not getting old. Uh, I'm getting older. Uh, admittedly, I am fighting to uh, not to get old. Uh, but selfishly, I want to live for another 20 years or both. So I think everybody is now that 100-year mark is so uh, uh, popular. Why can't I reach it? Uh, I'm... Uh, Hopefully I'm going to get a lot older, but I'm fighting getting old. But aging is something we can't avoid. So I thought your uh, piece, uh, aging and learning to play left-handed, is important. And I'd like you to go over and expand on what you've written. Well, I'm happy to do that. I, uh, I'm getting older, and I'm... Uh, feeling some of the effects of it and so uh, I know other people have some of the same issues so it's important to talk about it discuss uh, ways to look at it that might be helpful 
Yes, it is. Did you want me to start on something? Or no, I think, I... Uh, you know, read and uh, I read your piece quite a few times, and I think, uh, you know, you just talked about it. Your agent is uh, not for sissies. Uh, I, I think that's a good place to start. And if you love this game, really do, uh, you don't want to give it up. And, uh, you know, I sure don't. Um, I, uh, recent years, uh, I've had problems with knees and rotor cuffs and other uh, problems. And uh, you do have to change things. And I think your approach is an important one, left-handed. And years ago, uh, when I was doing the uh, – PE teachers training for the USTA in uh, South Florida for our schools, uh, one of the things I would do was uh, uh, have the PE teachers go to their off hand, and they weren't allowed to put the racket in their other hand uh, because I wanted them to feel what the kids are going through when they're learning this game at the first time. So if you could take over, I would listen, and if I have a question, I'll interrupt you. Okay, well, uh, of course, I, I'm not quite a hundred yet, but but I am uh, <laughs> I, I am somewhat deteriorated compared to what I what I was as a younger person. Uh, yeah, my my right shoulder uh, has got a lot of miles on it, so uh, it gets sore, and I and I'm not uh, about to have a shoulder operation if I can help it, and so I've. I've gone to my left hand for a number of reasons. I mean, one of them is I, I, I want to stay in shape, and, and I don't like the idea of treadmills and so forth. I prefer to hit tennis balls, run around the tennis court. So I want to stay on the court, point one. Uh, and point two, uh, in, in some odd way, it's, it's uh, emotionally satisfying to be getting better at something uh, as a left-handed player. I'm learning. And, and if I were playing right-handed, I'd only be getting worse. So uh, <laughs> I have I have that aspect that's a positive. Uh, and, and what I've had to do uh, is to actually give myself tennis lessons. Uh, it, it's, it's quite exhausting, actually. It's much more tiring than it was playing right-handed because I have to think about what I'm doing all the time. Uh, it's not a habit. I'm not ambidextrous and, and there's not a tremendous amount of carryover, uh, between my right hand and my left. And so, uh, I have to like think about turning my shoulders, relax my arm, rotate, try to step in. And then of course, when I do that, I forget to watch the ball. So there's a there's a constant rummaging through all the uh, aspects of hitting a tennis ball left-handed uh, that I have to go through each time I hit a stroke. It, it, you know I've been doing it for about uh, almost two years now, and and uh, uh, you know I finally reached the point where I I'm actually fairly steady and I can control the ball pretty well. I've got a one-handed topspin backhand. Which is actually better than my forehand uh, The the interesting part to uh, to me, maybe to nobody else, is is that 
the uh, the weakness uh, in my left hand uh, tennis, my left handed tennis is kind of in the control with my hand. For instance, uh, when I played right-handed, uh, I had feel with my hand. I could whip over the ball or come under it or do things uh, and, and control the hand. With my, with my left hand, I don't have that feel. Uh, the, the, easier, the easiest part is actually the, the sort of basics is just rotating my shoulders. If I didn't use my hand at all and didn't want uh, rocket velocity and things like that, you know, I could be pretty steady relatively quickly. But but I'm trying to get feel with the left uh, and the hand, uh, and that's taking some time. But the the general uh, uh, aspects emotionally uh, kind of carry over to anybody that's aging, uh, and that is. As you as you lose some function, uh, you remember what it was like when you had more. Okay, I used to be able to do this, and I used to be able to do that, uh, and and that's one of the things that causes people problems uh, emotionally. When when they lose function, they start comparing what they are now to what they used to be, uh, and the comparison, of course, is uh, is negative. You know, uh, physically, I would say uh, as as I as I got over forty, actually uh, uh, up until through the the thirties, uh, I actually could do almost as much as I ever could do. You know, there's a little slowing down and so forth, but pretty much most of it remains. But uh, as, as I passed forty, you know, I I could see a, a, a diminishing. And past 50 and 60, there's even more of it. And and now uh, I consult with young players, and and often their problem will be getting frustrated and angry, and and they'll lose their temper, and they know it's a bad idea. They know it's it, it serves no useful purpose to get angry. Uh, yet yet they they continue to do it. And I'll and I'll ask him what is it that makes him so angry? By the way, uh, how is the uh, how is my uh, uh, talk coming through? Can you hear me all right? I can hear you loud and clear. Very good. Okay, okay great. Uh, what they'll say is uh, I, I shouldn't miss that shot. I get angry because I I miss shots that I shouldn't miss, which sounds sounds reasonable if you don't if you don't think about it very much but uh of course <laughs> they think they shouldn't miss them uh, and 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 yet they keep missing them so it it's obviously something that can't totally help uh i had i had a player uh, a french player he was a kind of a very quite talented but but very emotional uh, great guy, and, and and he would come off the court uh, when he after a match, and he would be fussing and muttering about how he missed this shot and he missed that shot. I don't know why I keep doing that. I practice, and it doesn't get better. These are the things he tells me. His name was Charles. So, after hearing this a few times, I said to Charles one day, 
I said, Charles, I have the solution for you missing all these shots and getting frustrated. He said, oh, coach, what, what is that? I said, Charles, the next time you go out there and you play, don't miss anything anymore. Just stop <laughs> missing. <laughs> yeah, and, and he looked at me sort of quizzically. <laughs> and then, of course, what I was getting at was the reason Charles misses and all of us miss, actually, is at that moment we can't help it. That's why. And, and, of course, Charles can't just go out there and not miss anymore because he can't help it. He misses because he's human, and, and, and he'll miss as long as he keeps playing tennis. He'll keep missing. And, and so uh, the, the kids that, that say they're missing shots that they shouldn't miss, well, that's actually an inaccurate statement. Of course they should miss them, you know. They will always miss shots that maybe they they could make at a at a, at a later instant, or if they watched the ball better, or they did it this or that. But but the fact of the matter is is that when you play a match, you lose about half the points, and and at that instant you actually can't help it. You you try to control everything. I mean that's uh, one of the things that the 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 very best players do is they are very intent on controlling uh, uh, controlling the outcome of a point but but actually uh, you can't totally no matter what you do and so uh, you have to accept a certain amount of errors and and it's particularly difficult when you when you remember that you didn't used to miss that shot that often or used to be able to run fast enough to get to that ball. Uh, it really doesn't, uh, it doesn't much matter what you used to be able to do, by the way. Uh, it doesn't matter what somebody else can do or what you think you should do. It, the, the, the fact of the matter is that you, 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 you are what you are and there are people better and maybe you used to be better. Uh, that, that matters not at all. It only matters what you are now. And so uh, as I've gotten older, I've had to just sort of forget about how I used to play when I was younger. I, I, I remember it. I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have the gall to say it when I'm playing somebody, you know, and, and they hit the ball a few feet further than I can run. Uh, I would I wouldn't have the gall to say, I used to be able to get that shot back in the day. That would have been an easy one for me. Or I used to be able to make that volley. Or I could make that overhead. Yeah. I, I, I don't, well, not only would I not say it, because I, I sort of, I have the sense not to say such things. Those are just uh, either some sort of fantasy or an excuse uh, or both. But, uh, I try not to say it to myself. I do get a little frustrated from time to time. I have to admit, uh, and and then as quickly as I can, I <laughs> I get over it as impractical. Uh, and and that, that's the essence of, of of the talk, I guess, is is that uh, you you try to stay practical 
and you try not to imagine what you were or what you could be or what you think you should be, but essentially what you are, and and you realize that you can't totally control uh, a tennis match or the outcome of a point or even the outcome of a stroke. Okay, you you try and you do your best, but uh, it's actually impossible, uh, and so. It's not generally wise to try to do things that are impossible. You sort of accept reality as, as, as the best of it and, and keep trying to improve. And, and uh, you sort of keep working on, on your deficiencies. And if they get better, well, good for you. Anyway, that, that's, that's, that's my hope. Is I, I, I'm figuring in about six months or a year from now, is what I figure I'm going to be able to relax and actually not have to give myself tennis lessons on every ball I hit that I, I I'm hopeful that, that I'm going to have these things uh, into a habit, which is how you play tennis. You basically play from habit. You play from habit and reaction. And that's, that's the best you can do. Anyway, John, uh, long-winded, but that that's sort of the essence of that article that I wrote. No, and, and there's uh, interesting because I did have, uh, in my own mind, I was trying to, uh, you know, while I enjoy all your books, I thought that, uh, you know, tennis uh, winning the mental match was so important, and I I think I was thinking about myself, you know, being a uh, an old basketball coach that enjoyed tennis recreational and got into tennis, and you know, you being a, a college all American and then a Davis Cup player and playing at Wimbledon, what did the difference in you going to the left hand? Because I haven't done that yet. But the reading this here, I'm thinking about, you know, I should, uh, but I'm thinking about, you know, handling that. So I was trying to uh, get some more insight in that by uh, reading, uh, winning the uh, mental match again. And uh, I know what you're saying is me or you, we're going to face the same thing. And if we don't adjust to it's time, you know, to not put your body through suffering, and if you enjoy this game, this is what you suggest doing then. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. I must I must say, in some masochistic kind of way, uh, I I I am enjoying it. I I actually could play right-handed although it would put my shoulder at more risk for having an operation later. So I don't do it, uh, but I, I, I really don't particularly want to play right-handed at the moment. I, I, I'm, I'm happy enough learning the game lefty. Uh, it, it, it's more difficult than I thought it would be, by the way. I, I, I thought it would be easier, but, but there isn't much carryover, uh, if any. I mean, the, the things that carry over is I, I know where my opponent's going to hit the ball. Uh, my anticipation carries over. Uh, but but the uh, the stroke itself, uh, I, I was 
you know, somewhat surprised that it doesn't really carry over. Now, uh, I had actually played left-handed before, about 40 years ago, actually. Uh, I had a rotator cuff operation. Yeah, and and for a while I played left-handed, but I didn't try to learn uh, learn uh, the strokes. I just sort of bunted the ball in the court and ran, which I could still do then. So I didn't work on the technique at all. I just uh, and as a good tennis player, by the way, uh, can immediately play fairly well left-handed. Uh, but, but I mean, what, what you have to do or what I had to do at that time is I had to aim, you know, 10, 15 feet over the net and for the middle of the court, and that was it. I, I could maybe hit to the forehand and the backhand, uh, and, and I could run. And, and so I could play at, at a reasonable club level, actually, but that was due to the legs and, and not the strokes. Now – uh, the difference is since I don't run as well anymore, now I'm I'm having to learn how to, you know, place the ball and hit it harder, and so th- that's a whole other story. But mo- most uh, good, you know, quite competent players can immediately, you know, play fa- fairly well left-handed, but th- you know that that involves just running and anticipating more than uh, having an accurate. Uh, set of ground strokes. Now, I take it you serve left-handed too, and that's something that I'm just wondering. I'm making an assumption, and maybe I'm wrong. Was that the hardest thing for you to learn in, is to serve? Or did yes. you not do that? No, no. The, the serve's the hardest. Uh, and, and I can't... Uh, it's the most difficult because it has the most moving parts. Okay. It's it's not just a hand action that, that I'm trying to get feel for, but the serve, the ball toss is awkward. Everything's awkward on the serve. Yeah. That, that's a tough one. Uh, Working on it. I'm working on it. (laughs) I'll get it. Uh, But it's like I'm giving a beginner tennis lesson. And so, uh, you know when beginners uh, uh, when beginners uh, first pick up a racket uh, and and try to hit the ball in the court, uh, they find that the the uh, the easiest way to control the ball is to muscle it. Okay, it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard to relax. Is that it? Is that me making that? No, that ain't you. That's my cell phone, and I just I just figured out how to turn it off. That was oh, okay. that I, was me. <laughs> oh, I, I I didn't know. I, uh, okay. Uh, me and electronic yeah, equipment just don't go hand in hand together well. I I, I understand. Uh, anyway, I, I guess the point I was making was uh, when when you first start out. Uh, as a beginner, if if you watch a good athlete pick up the racket, what they'll tend to do is they'll tend to muscle it. They'll push it. Right. Uh, you know, they can serve, but it's sort of a, you know, a flat pancake kind of serve that's muscled. The, the, and the reason people do that is because they have receptors in their muscles 
nerves that tell the brain the position of the limb. So you know where, you know where your hand is and your arm is when you sort of push it, when you muscle it. If you relax your arm, you can't feel where it is. And, and so that at the beginning, it's very hard. You can't control it well. And, and so that's the action with the serve. The serve has a, a, a long movement with a relaxed arm, which I, I, I haven't gotten yet. That's, that, that's a tough one because you can't feel, you know, the angle of the racket face or, or anything. You don't know where the racket is if you relax. So that it's a tough one. Uh, but, yeah, the backhand was actually the easiest because I, I, I could sort of hit it just by rotating my body, not, not using much hand at all. The forehand is a little more hand action in it, and so it's easier to lose control of the ball. Uh, the volley is is tricky, uh, they, although weirdly enough, actually, uh, the volley is the one thing that that's somewhat easier for me. I I can volley immediately fairly well because watching the ball and seeing where it's going and this and that, it, it's the same right-handed and left-handed, and I don't move my hand much. You know, I just kind of bump it. So. It's 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 easy enough to volley. I, I I don't go to the net though left-handed because guess guess why? Because of well, the, the first thing that come to my mind with the split step, but watching TV, half of the people don't know how to even explain the split step. So I don't know. No, I could do that. I'll tell you, it's because they may lob. That's why <laughs> the uh, overhead is another one. I mean, I can volley not too badly. Uh, overhead, not so much. Yeah, so I, I don't go to the net because they can lob me. And uh, uh, he, he, here's another thing you find as you as you get older. By the way, is your balance is not as good. Uh, no, and, uh, for sure. I advise everybody to do balance exercises as you get older because otherwise you're going to end up falling a lot. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, backpedaling for an overhead, it would be very easy to lose my balance now. So I, 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 I'm not look I'm not pushing to go in very much. Anyway, that, 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 that's most of it. Uh, did you have anything in particular uh, no, well, what I was thinking of it, well, you were talking about, you know, the, the feet, and, of course, I, I was thinking that would be the difficulty in the, in the serve. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying with the hand, because that's, uh, you know, I think what most people, even if they're, when they're young, with the serve, they're gripping too tight and everything. I know at the... Uh, club when we used to have uh, fast serve contests and I'd put the radar gun on, I'd always give them three practice uh, serves first and usually their practice serve was faster than their serve when they were in the competition and I think primarily uh, uh, it was just that you know now the tension's going they're gripping it more and uh, I think of, you know, where we are in uh, the Vero Beach area, we were blessed to have Sandy Koufax. Uh, 
here with the Dodgers, and he lived here for a while. And then Dodger Town, I used to watch him go out and stand next to the pitchers and hit their hands and say, and you're gripping If the ball didn't come out, you're gripping it too tight. And I think the same uh-huh. thing happens with, uh, with the tennis serve. But I'm also wondering about the footwork. It seems, you know, like after you go through, you know, once you get into the serve, actually, I believe everything starts from the ground up and you're pushing off. And if you're right-handed, you're, you know, you should be pushing off and up into uh, with the right foot because if Isaac Newton is uh, right, you know, we're the smaller mass and pushing off of a greater mass. And now you have to change that. And I think back to my basketball days, and because I wasn't a good shooter in my game, you know, as a, a guard was giving the ball to everybody else, you know, people say he can't shoot and he can't move to his left, so stay off him. Of course, I'd always try because if I got lucky and hit it, they'd say, well, maybe they're wrong. Maybe he can. And, you know, uh, so I, I had an advantage. But I could never master that going to the left hand and switching off, you know, doing everything with my left going to the opposite uh, foot. I would Half the time I would go to my left, but I would – shoot right-handed because I could make that shot if nobody was there to block it. Uh, Uh So I'm just wondering with the serve, you know, I I haven't tried this concept yet. I'm anxious to try it after the holidays. Uh, But uh, the serve, I don't know, as bad as my rotor cuff is, I don't know how that's going to work. Well, you you might uh, you might uh, try a few practices left-handed because you may end up there. But but it, it isn't the legs at all that's the problem with me with the serve. The the, the problem with the serve is that that the arm has to be relaxed to serve right. properly. If I could I could poke it in left-handed, but I'm trying to serve in a proper manner. And and to do that, you've got to drop the arm down, and it's got to fall behind your neck. And then you've got to rotate your body and fling the arm out from behind your neck. And, and, and then at the end, uh, snap your wrist. Uh, that, that's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of action that has to go on. And it has to all be coordinated. And, and the toss, uh, if the toss is off, then everything gets fouled up. So it, 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 it's got a lot of moving parts. The, the legs... Weirdly enough, now, uh, just as a little uh, aside, my footwork is quite good left-handed. It's as good almost as it was. It's pretty similar to the way it was right-handed. So I I don't have any trouble, you know, adjusting with my feet. That seemed to come automatically, as a matter of fact. I find, you know, like my footwork on the backhand, to hit a backhand properly, I mean, you have to be in position. If you're going to hit with one hand, if the ball gets behind you, you're a dead person. So you, you've got to be in position and set up. And and I find that very easy to do. Uh, that that's that's not a problem. Uh, the problem is is control with the hand. Yeah. Well, like Dennis Vandermeer always says, there's 13 steps in the serve, and that's 13 things you have to master. Uh, 
Uh, I, I admit that with the, uh, the PE teachers uh, years ago, I never got to spend much time with the serve with them because I was putting them all into their offhand and uh, trying to show what the kids are going through. But, uh, you know, yeah, by the way, I, I was going to just throw out something, uh, you know, about basketball, which uh, – I, I sort of – I, I love Larry Bird or back in the day. Uh-huh. You, do, you, do you remember? He, he was so confident that he, he, he told his teammates he was going to play the whole game left-handed. He was going to shoot only left-handed. Did you, did you ever hear that story? Yes, I did. I used yeah, to be a Boston uh, fan. I loved him. Yeah, yeah, I mean – of course, he did things that were sort of magic. It's sort of hard to figure how anyone could do the stuff he did, but playing a whole game left-handed, I mean, this is a pro basketball game. That's pretty tough, huh? Doing shooting <laughs> left-handed. He could, actually, he could actually shoot left-handed well. I mean, unbelievable. Anyway, well, he'd be in good shape if he had to play tennis left-handed. I wonder how – I would suspect that he would have been – I don't know if he ever uh, played tennis, uh, that, but I suspect he would be pretty good because he just was such a great athlete, but uh, I might be wrong. <laughs> it, it, it was funny listening listening to uh, his uh, opponents talk about him. You know, I, I remember one black basketball player was saying, he's saying, I don't understand. He, he held his fingers up. And he, he had him, uh, uh, his uh, thumb and forefinger were about two inches apart. And he says, he says, the guy can't jump any higher than this, he says. And he holds his <laughs> fingers. He says, he can't jump any higher than this. And he gets all the rebounds. He says, I don't understand it. He says, the guy can't run. He can't jump. You know, how does he do it? <laughs> that, that's the the amusing part or the interesting part is he had some sort of magic where he knew where the ball was going, I guess, and he, he knew where all his opponents were going, and he was, you know, the, they all said he was one step ahead. Uh, so uh, I guess we're maybe getting off the point of, of tennis here, aren't we? Yeah, sorry well, about that, John. I, I couldn't resist. Yeah, I know. He was just such a magnificent person to watch and to practice and the neighbor, I actually went by his house one time on the weekend when I was in uh, Boston to see because they claimed, and I didn't see it, truthfully, although I went by his house on a Sunday, but they say that he used to be out and he would do his lawn when he was home, and they were home because I was up there to watch him at the old garden in Boston. Uh, so it was home. It was a home game. Uh, but he didn't do it when I watched it, but they said he did. He would mow his own lawn. He just, uh, you know, I believe the it. argument was if it was because he wanted it a certain way or he just had to be doing something all the time or he just appreciated life. But uh, so I just, I was so fascinated by, uh, you know, the Celtics when I was younger and uh, I had to go by and see, but truthfully, he wasn't mowing his lawn the day that I went by. Yeah, well, he. But there is one thing that that would carry over 
from from knowing about Bird, and that is he he was a practice fanatic. I mean, yeah, he would practice more than anybody, you know, and he he he, he ran, you know, he 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 was in great shape, and he and, and you know worked out, you know, extraordinarily hard, and and I guess tennis players. Uh, if you could, if you wanted to get, you know, reach your maximum uh, beyond beyond just the the coaching and the strokes themselves, would be uh, repetitions. You know, if 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 somebody wants to really get good, it, it's it's mostly repetitions in practice until the habits become, you know, stronger and stronger. Uh, like I, uh, I, I was a medium athlete, not not a bad athlete, but not a good athlete, and and I got much better at tennis. I became, you know, somewhat of a world class player back in the day, and I used to, I used to think, God, I must be just touched with some magic. How, how could I, how could I be as good at tennis as I am, and yet not be that good an athlete? I, I, I could be athletes that were much better than me and, and and what i didn't actually focus on was that I, I i was a practice fanatic i i probably put in twice the hours uh of my contemporaries on the court uh, you know my theory uh, of tennis was uh, i hate losing it, it's very very painful for me and and mm-hmm. the minute I leave the tennis court, as soon as I leave the tennis court, I'm not going to be getting any better. So, I mean, I would spend as much time on the court as I possibly could. I would play till after school. I would go out and play till I couldn't see the ball anymore. And on weekends, I would play from morning, from early morning, from 7 a.m. I'd have matches, and I'd play till dark. And and I and I did that for my whole tennis career. So, uh, in hindsight, it wasn't magic. It was just that I had twice the number of repetitions of most of the people I was playing against. So they might have been better athletes than me, but they didn't hit as many tennis balls as I did. And I think that's what uh, we're missing today. I think that is what made you great. Uh, I just had an incident, and I always, you know, it, it, it's easy to think about the people that you worked with that went on, but the people that I just lost a uh, a, a person, a young man in high school, uh, that uh, I wanted him to have a book, Habits, uh, Die Hard, uh, Mac Anderson and John Murray. I think it's a great book. I've given it to a lot of students. I. I'd always given books rather than trophies. But I was away for six weeks uh, down north, and I told him, you know, to serve, I'm not going to spend as much time with you as I've done it before because it's you've got responsibility of your own. And, and if you don't do it, you know, for your parents to be giving me $150, for you to, to be giving you service lessons now, and you're not doing it on your own, is you know, you're cheating your parents. And I uh, come back, and a uh, very nice young man. I love the, the boy. Uh, he's, but 
in six weeks, I knew he didn't practice his serve at all. And uh, you could just see where he's gone. And he's with, you know, Coach, you know, I've been uh, at the school. He's in the IB program, very smart young man. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to be going into my senior year. I'm going into my senior year. The next step is college. You know, my brother's just had his first year. He said it's tougher than he thought. I told him, I said, well, maybe you shouldn't think about playing tennis in high school. Maybe you should think about getting your uh, grades to that point. And if you don't feel you can handle the time, then quite frankly, I don't want to work with you. So I told him, give him you know, two weeks. I come by the house, pick up this book I have for you. And if you don't want to uh, do it, I, I understand. And, you know, there's more to life than tennis. But at my age, I want to work with people that – want to work as hard as I do. And he's chosen, you know, not to uh, do that, which is all right. But, you know, and it's easier at my age and economically where I'd sit in there to do that kind of stuff. Young pros can't do that. But, I mean, when are we going to, you know, we have to tell these kids, you know, part of this is you got to work at it. It's not me. It's not your parents paying me. But you've got to be able to decide, do I have enough time? Can I manage my time to do the things you can? But in six weeks, if you haven't practiced your serve, why should somebody be paying for your lessons? It's a good point. Uh, that, that opens up a whole uh, topic, by the way, which we could, you know, spend time on maybe some other time. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I do a lot of consulting, as I've mentioned before, uh, mostly with young players uh, that are at academies that are, you know, highly motivated uh, and, but get stressed out. Uh, and and I often find now uh, I, I will often find that that they will have a parent that is very very heavily involved in their tennis. And, and mm-hmm. maybe even gets upset with them if they don't practice hard enough or they don't put out or whatever. Uh, uh, and, and I, and, you know, I, I've had talks with the parents, and, and, and I should say that basically, you know, tennis is a game. And, and you, you know, you play it because it's fun and you want to play it. And, and you like the, the, the work and you like the improvement. And you like the process, and 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 that's why people play tennis. Uh, the parent, you know, if if a kid doesn't want to play tennis, then he doesn't have to play tennis. I mean, it's right. like if he goes out to the if he goes out to the park and, and and is shooting baskets and he doesn't make his layup right or he's not practicing jump shots enough to get really good. Well, so what? You know, so he's not going to be a really good basketball player. So be it. I mean, the the, the things people do learn from tennis uh, that that I wanted my kids to learn uh, was the correlation between work and and effort and achievement. You know, you 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 want them to know that if you work hard at things, you get better at them. But that's basically it. Other than that. Uh, tennis, uh, I mean, tennis does teach you other things. I shouldn't say that. 
But but if I had to think of the number one lesson, it is that if you want to get good at something, you know, work at it hard, harder than other people, and you'll probably beat them someday. Uh, but it, it, it isn't more than that. It's just a game. Uh, and a lot of the parents that I run into, uh, they, they they seem to approach it that, that it's more than that and that the kid needs to uh, to want it as much as they want it, uh, which I, I don't think is the case. I mean, if a kid wants to, you know, I don't know that you can really motive, give somebody motivation. Uh, I, I mean, make them a driven tennis player if they don't if they don't want to be, I mean, I agree. I've seen parents, the parents will drive their kid and, and the kid will work. If the parent puts enough pressure on them, they can force them to. And then when the uh, parents gone, the, the, the kid quits, you know, it's called burnout because it's unpleasant and they don't want to do it. So basically you gotta, you know, you gotta want to do it, which most people, uh, most people just are not that driven. They, they don't want to do it that much, and it doesn't make them uh, inferior people. Uh, it just means they don't want to play tennis as much as somebody else. You know. I agree. Uh, but if there is a difference, though, I think of developing a good work habit and burnout, though. I agree. And that's, I think that is a delicate position and understanding which is which and and i think in fairness um and you know, like i said i'm not telling other people how to coach but with me i always try to find out why do you want to play tennis do you is this what you want or is it what somebody else want when i put together well when i help them put together their own personal plan what they want to do I wanted them there. I wanted their parents there. But I wanted to make sure it was their plan, not my plan, not the parents' plan, but it had to be their plan. And you, and I think at that point you find out a lot about the whole team and, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of each person. And uh, then you have to make a decision. And as much as I like this you know, young man, and I will always be supportive of him no matter what he does, and hopefully the family and I will still, uh, you know, get together and everything. But it's obvious this young man didn't want to put the time in, and maybe there's good reason. Maybe he's being forced into this IB program, which, yes, the IB program is going to get him into the colleges, but – you know, it's it's not even uh, 5% of the school is involved in the IB program because it's a tough program. And, uh, you know, so so I think sometimes you do have to assist people with their decision-making, and, and that's harder for a young coach that's trying to struggle to make a living. I understand that. Yeah, I you know, the tennis – the motivation aspect uh, is, is is something, you know, I'm not 100% sure where it comes from usually. I mean, in my own case, uh, I don't know. I was just a driven person. Nobody uh, made me play tennis or do anything of the sort. But, you know, when you think about it, uh, I'm just sort of thinking of, of, of my own progress in tennis. I mean, 
uh, I, I would play four, five, six hours a day, you know, in, in the summer all day long. And, and, and I did that for 20 years. And I'm thinking, you know, if, if you want to know how many out of a thousand people would be willing to work that hard for that many years, you know, put in four or five hours a day on the court for 10 or 15 years. Uh, if you look at a thousand people, you might find one that would be willing to do that. The average person would not be willing to go that far. Uh, and so uh, it, it's, it's not surprising actually that I could beat a lot of people that were maybe better athletes, but where, where the motivation comes from, you know, normal people, most normal people are not motivated enough to become champions. They're just, they're not that driven. You know, it takes extraordinary drive uh, and, and it doesn't make them bad people. They're just not extraordinarily driven in, in some of these areas. Uh, but, but I was thinking of, of why it is that some of these Eastern European kids that have over-the-top parents why there's so many of them become pros. You know, if you look at the pro tour, there's a lot of them that, that had, you know, uh, sort of uh, parents that were over the top. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and if you think about it, it, let's say you take a thousand kids and, and you have 1,000 over the top parents that drive the kid that maybe even threaten them, that might even hit them if they don't win or you don't uh, practice enough. You know, and and if you have a thousand parents uh, of kids like that, you would have probably a thousand motivated kids. However, uh, probably more than half of them would blow out because they couldn't take it. Okay, but but you would get more champions out of that group than you would out of normal people. Okay, because the average person just isn't that driven. on the other hand, I don't think it's healthy. If 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 that's what it took to make my kid uh, be a tennis champion, I don't think it's worth it to do that uh, to my kid. So I, I I you know it's sort of a mixed right. bag. You could produce the driven person because drive is probably the 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 biggest uh, defi- the biggest missing element. Uh, in in producing champions, I mean, the extraordinary drive, uh, and you could get it by by uh, you know having a a maybe even a dangerous parent that 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 pushes and threatens and so forth. But and that I is think, always the well, danger. There's no two ways about it. That is the danger, and I, I would imagine there would be nothing worse than uh, losing your child and. You wouldn't want your action. Alan, we've gone through just about an hour. I want to go through a couple of things before we close because I started all talking about me going back to your book, uh, winning uh, tennis, winning the mental uh, match. And, uh-huh. uh, and, of course, I recommend that. And uh, I, I think I've, I know, sir. But I do want to let the people know that this is going to be the last broadcast for this month because we have Hanukkah coming in up on, the, what, the 22nd, and then a few days later, Christmas and and New Year's. Uh, we will have uh, next month, like I told you at the beginning of the broadcast, uh, I'm blessed to have 
Alan Fox or Chuck Reese on one of those months. And next uh, month we will have uh, Chuck Reese on. I think he's on the second uh, uh, Thursday. But I'm also in the middle of a, a book. I don't know. I don't think it's out yet or it just came out. And uh, and uh, Bobby Bayless, uh, the uh, Notre Dame coach, he was a Navy uh-huh. coach before, and I've been blessed to uh, uh, go through the high-performance uh, coaching with him with the USTA. We went through together up in Maryland. And uh, uh, he has a new book coming out, Cross-Court uh, Reflections, and it might be out this week, but it's a longer <laughs> book than most. So I put him off, but I will be just uh, having a conversation uh, with him, but I'm just looking – I'm only on page 103 right now, uh, and uh, I wanted to uh, uh, make sure I read the book completely before I had him on. So uh, he, we haven't uh, set the uh, date, he, it'll, but it'll be after uh, Chuck Reese, probably the third or fourth week uh, when I talk to him. It sounds like the best for him, but it sounds like it. So far, what I've read has been very interesting, uh, uh, going through his life and um, uh, going to what's happened in tennis and uh, how he got into coaching. And I do think when I read these, like this here and reading your books, um, you know, I do think, you know, it's tough for hard work. It isn't for everybody. But the blessings that you had even more than him. I mean, to be able to play at Wilmington and, you know, uh, you know, he's Bobby's tickled pink to be able to uh, coach all Americans and you did too, but you also played as an all American and, uh, you know, the rewards later on, if someday we've got to figure out how to explain to these people that, you know, all that hard work, it, it, there are going to be rewards for us later on because you've got to have memories. I mean, I get thrilled just talking to you and thinking back at your uh, experience, and I'm blessed with what I've done, and I appreciate the Almighty allowing me to coach so many people. But the thrills that you have to look back at, uh, I think all those hours you would do over again. I have a minute left. Can you tell the people how to contact you? And uh, you're going to close out the broadcast. And like I said at the beginning of the show, the commentary uh, is going to be uh, agent and learning left-handed with, by uh, Alan Fox. So, Alan, close out the broadcast. Well, if somebody uh, wants to read some of my stuff for free, you don't have to buy it. You can go to my website at alanfoxtennis.com, and I have a bunch of articles on there. Uh, There is uh, a place where you can click and uh, get consulting if you wish, uh, or you can buy books, but uh, there's a lot of just information on it. and 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 that's that's really it. Uh, you know, I've got a few books, and 
all of them are listed on my on my website, uh, and and uh, I think the for tennis this this last book kind of covers about everything I know. Uh, I, I I wrote a book before, which was a crossover book called The Winner's Mind, which some people might be interested in, uh, and and there it's it's comparing. Uh, what makes champions in one field uh, the, the 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 carryover between sport and business and other areas of achievement? Uh, generally, the same types of people do well in all of them. So, Alan, uh, they're soft. Thank you for being uh, on the broadcast. I will talk to you soon, and the Almighty Willen will be talking again in February. Bye, all everybody. Right, Merry Christmas, John. Take care. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.